Uh, Lee, I will let you just introduce people or introduce yourself to people who do not necessarily know who you are. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit more about you and dive in and see, see where we can go with this. So who is Liana? Oh, wow. Who is Liana? Well, I went to school for nutrition, like I did undergrad and my master's in nutrition. And then as I was going through my master's program is when I decided to dive into the world of bodybuilding. Um, and that's when I found Dylan a year out. And then I started competing in 2018. And then 2019 is when I reached out to you and I started getting a little bit more serious in terms of, you know, competing and just bringing on a trainer. Um, so yeah, we've, we've known each other for quite a, quite a while. Yeah, it's been a while now. Yeah. And then, uh, we got, we got that pro card, uh, back in 2020. So I'm a IFBB professional bodybuilder since 2020 when that was just in the midst of quarantine, like, all the, those stories are popping up on your Instagram now. It's like memories from years ago. And it's like March of like 2020. And it's just like bringing back so many <laughs> memories of like working out indoors. And oh man, that was a trip. But yeah, I mean, so after I graduated and got my master's, I, I started working for Dylan as a sports dietitian, bodybuilding coach, like strictly online. Um, and yeah, I've been doing that since 2018. What lived in Connecticut my whole life, drove across the country, moved to uh, Colorado a month before the pandemic happened. And now I'm here residing in Arizona and living my best life. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So I, I would imagine that anyone who is familiar with at least like women's bodybuilding bikini probably knows who you are. Um, but Let's talk about just a little bit briefly about what you've accomplished last season as as a pro. So I'm sure some people would probably like have followed that because it was a pretty exponential ascension that, that you had uh, as a pro. So how did your first season go? Oh, so I did my pro debut last April. So April of 2022 um, is when I did my pro debut and I think I, I prepped for 20 weeks for that show. Um, stepped on stage, pro debut, was so excited. And I ended up getting 15th place. And I was like, I remember being up there on stage like, damn, like, is this for me? Like, am I way over my head on this? But, you know, five days later, I already had another show planned, which was um, Pittsburgh Pro, which is a very prestigious um you know, competition, they were calling it the mini Olympia last year. And um, I was like, what am I getting myself into? But you know, I, I went up there five days later, you know, flew into pit and ended up getting top four amongst, you know, top Olympians in the world. And I just remember trying to keep it really cool on stage. But that was the most memorable show of my bodybuilding career. Like, I was just, I was like, this is, I, I knew I was meant for this. Like, I love this shit. So it was really cool for, um, you know, people to kind of see that and, you know, know me. And, you know, I got my name out there that show, which was awesome. And last season I did eight shows, which was the most I've ever done. <laughs> uh, you know, I started in April and then my last show was in October. So it was a very long season. 
Um, I don't regret any of it. Like I said, it was like my most memorable season as a bodybuilder. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was fun, like traveling and, you know, going to different states and meeting all the wonderful women backstage too. Um, that's my favorite part. But yeah, last season was definitely one to remember for sure. So um, what was your best placing last year? Third place. I got third place in Miami and I got third place in Colorado. Um, and that Colorado show was fun because that was the weekend I turned 30. So I was like, hey, that was like a little like birthday present for me. But um, yeah, getting third place is cool too, because like then you get, um, depending on the show, but you actually get paid for your placement. So that was like my first payout ever as a professional bodybuilder, which I thought was really cool too. No. Yeah. And I mean, obviously like that's kind of just that, that physical representation of like the success that you're having. So it's kind of yeah. cool because, you know, for people that are unfamiliar, whenever you do well in these professional shows, you get points and those points get credited towards your ability to qualify for the Olympia, which is the most prestigious show in bodybuilding. Um, but outside of that, like, you don't really get paid. I mean, I, I don't know if a lot of people understand this, but even though you are a professional, you're not making money every time you you step on stage. And most people are losing a lot of money just to compete. And Liana competed eight times last year. That's a lot of money <laughs> that Liana yeah. had to spend out of pocket. It's not, it's not getting covered. Um, and, you know, I'm sure a lot of people don't necessarily understand that. They probably think that like sponsorships cover it or this or that. But I mean, you can probably attest to this more than I can, but it's an expensive sport and you're not really getting those expenses comped. No. And, um, you know, as a professional bodybuilder, I guess we can do so many shows is because we don't have to pay for our registration like an amateur and the NPC would, which is cool. But like you said, like those sponsors sponsorships are good. Um, you know, to an extent, you know, those suits, let alone are like six to $800, but like having a sponsorship school with that, you know, your heel sponsorship, your tanning sponsorship, like it does help, but it's like the flights, the hotels you have to think about. Um, that's where stuff starts adding up. Yeah, for sure. And you said you competed eight times, but you mm -hmm. also said that the prep leading into the Orlando show, which was your first show was 20 weeks. So in total, how long were you in a prep transition competing state? Because that's a very long time. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how many weeks in total it was because, you know, I did take some time off between shows, um, whether that was four weeks, eight weeks. I think eight weeks was like the longest I went in between shows. It's like a quote unquote break. Mm -hmm. Um but like, even though those breaks were in place, like I still had competing in the back of my head. I'm like, you still have to stay on track because you're, you're getting on stage here soon. So like, don't fall off the deep end, um, you know, keep, keep, uh, keep your head on your shoulders. Um, so I, I don't know how many weeks in total, because I did sit, take some time in between, but nonetheless, it was, it was very long. <laughs> when was when was the last show? Because I might even be able to give you an answer to this. Last show was the third weekend of October. So right the weekend right before Halloween is when I ended it all. Yeah. So that would have meant that you would have basically been in prep for 
almost a year or in some state of prep for almost a year. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. like like you said, those eight weeks, you're kind of transitioning, not really in like a really intense diet phase or anything like that, but it's still mentally weighs on you. Like you can't separate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's obviously a lot. That's a lot to process. And especially as a pro too, because you're not just competing in regional shows. You're traveling, you travel to Europe. For oh yeah, that was really hours. fun. Portugal, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, so it's obviously really taxing. It takes a lot out of you. And I'm sure that there are some people who probably think that pros are immune to the same issues and the same stressors that you know people who are maybe amateur or just competing on like a local level might feel very acutely like you know we've always talked about the the issues with you know food insecurities and you know struggling with with body image and struggling with binge eating and hor hormonal dysfunction all those things that come with this sport which are not always very glamorous and it's not really that that talked about at like the pro level at least from my experience right and and maybe it's just because it is made to be a little bit more glamorous but I know that for you, when we talked about this pretty substantially at this point, um, it wasn't necessarily like the the, or at least I'm probably putting words in your in your mouth right now. It wasn't necessarily like the body image issues. It wasn't necessarily like the binge eating. It was more so just the burnout that you experienced. Like you just got to a point where you're like, I don't know if I want to continue doing this. Like I don't know if I can con convince myself to do it. So do you want to kind of talk about what you experienced after you finish up that first season? Yeah. And that was a very hard call for me to make just because, you know, I, like you said um, previously, it's, it was, it's not anymore now, but it was based on a point system. So depending on what place you got at said show, you basically were chasing points. Um, and these points um, helped you get to basically the um, Super Bowl of bodybuilding, which is the Olympia. And I was very close. Like I, I was high on that list. Right. Um, and they took the top three from that list. So I was like, I'm so close. I'm going to keep going. And like, that was my mindset. I was like, you're close. Like keep going, keep going. Um, and it was hard for me to listen to what I wanted because of everybody else in my ear, like saying, keep going. Like, a lot of people were rooting for me cheering for me, which like that in and of itself was overwhelming in the best way. Just like to have that support from just strangers I didn't even know um, on the internet. Um, but that, that ended up creeping up to me just because it's like all these people are relying on me. I can't let them down. So like, that was my mindset, just like going into like each show, each show, instead of like actually tuning into myself and like what I wanted. Um, but like I said, like, I don't regret last season whatsoever. Um, I feel like it was a, a very big learning curve for me. Um, and it helped me, it helped me just like learn who, I truly am and just kind of like loving myself again, if you will. But um, yeah, you don't realize it until after you come out of it. So right when I told myself, okay, that's it. Like I mentally can't keep going anymore. Like this is a lot. And I remember telling myself that on stage, my last show, I just like said in my head, I was like, this is it. Like you need, you need a break. Like you're allowed to have a break. 
And when I gave myself permission, I literally started crying on stage. And I was like, oh my God, get it together, get it together. Like, don't, don't be so emotional on stage. Um, so I think that permission that I gave myself to kind of take a step back and focus on myself was what I needed this whole time. Like I, I was so hung up on getting advice and suggestions and direction from other people that I wasn't tuning into myself and figuring out like what I wanted to do moving forward. Um, and when I finally, you know, gave myself that permission, allowed myself, I was like, like, I felt like I could breathe again. It was a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. Um, but then the season ended and I was like, okay, now what? Like, I felt very, very lost after that. And I was just trying to navigate around these like very heavy feelings of just being lost. And it wasn't lost in the sense of, you should have kept going because like I had that conversation in my head. I was like, what if though? What if like your main goal was to get to the, Oh, like what if, and I was like enough with these, what ifs like enough, like I had the most memorable, you know, second pro show of my life. Like I will hold that close to my heart forever. It's still the background of my phone. It's something that, you know, I'm very, very proud of. So there there was a lot of things to be proud of this season, which allowed me to take a step back and be like, the Olympia isn't going anywhere. It'll be there next year and the year after that. So just like chill right now, get your mindset right. And, you know, when you're ready, you can dive back into it. But I wasn't going to dive back into it until I was mentally and emotionally stable enough to, you know, yeah. go through another prep. Yeah and, yeah and this might be kind of like a an interesting question but um you got 15th in your first show you got fourth in your second show like that's a massive improvement in placing and that's not very common at the pro level usually you have to get rewarded for like frequency of competing and where it's like you start out in like you know the last call out kind of like lower placing and then over time like you get rewarded for just showing up and putting yourself out there and making more of a name for yourself like the ascension that you had was very very quick by pretty much any standard and i think that it probably took you and even a lot of people around you your supporters off guard a little bit but like holy shit like we weren't expecting that like we've known that you could do this at some point but like we weren't really expecting it to happen this fast do you think that in an alternate universe where like you maybe had a more quote unquote normal first season where, you know, you had some lower placings and then you, you hung it up and you're like, all right, cool. Let me just go ahead and take a little bit of a break and then let me come back next year and improve off of what I did year one. That was great experience. Do you think that that in a lot of ways would have reduced that pressure on you? Do you feel like the, the rate of improvement that you had increase the pressure on you that you were feeling from the outside because mm -hmm. it's more so unexpected and and you felt then that you're like oh shit like I have to keep going now because like I'm getting really good placings and like maybe I can do something that's like really really unexpected and really really like memorable you know you feel like that that kind of played into it oh a thousand percent and like I said that to myself leading into my pro debut I was like it's very hard um, not impossible, but it is hard for somebody in their pro debut to go to the Olympia. Like it's, 
typically unheard of. So I had no expectations, but then that second show, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I have to keep going. Like I look at the placements I'm getting. It's that in and of itself was motivating enough to keep propelling me forward. Um, And, you know, I was like, I actually went into New York pro after Pittsburgh, which I think was, I don't know, maybe two or four weeks after, I can't remember, but I was like, maybe Pittsburgh pro was like a fluke. Like, I don't know. So, you know, you, you had this, like, it was questionable in my mind. And then, you know, going to New York pro afterwards, I was like, continuously getting first call outs. And I was like, this isn't a fluke. Like I was meant to do this. And those placements were motivating enough to keep propelling me, like to keep going and show up for show after show after show. Um, so yeah, that played a, that played a huge role. Um, a thousand percent. Yeah, no. And that's kind of what I suspected. Um, and even me being along with you for that whole journey and the turbulence of going through all of that. And obviously it's incredibly exciting to be in that supporting role. And obviously I was coaching you. Um, but also for me, I'm, I feel like I can be pretty level-headed in those situations where I can kind of try and act like the voice of reason at times where I'm like, Hey, you know, maybe it's a good idea to pump the brakes. Maybe it's a good idea to listen to your body. to like, look at the, the data that's being, you know, put right in front of our face that like, Hey, like you're telling me all the time that you're run down, that you're, you're tired, you're exhausted, your body's tired. Um, but at the same time, I, I also understand like wanting to continue to go and continue to see like what you're capable of doing. Um, but you know, just again, fast forwarding to after you finish up that last show, you're in a rut. I mean, I, I think that's the the best way to describe it, like the most simplistic way to describe it. Um, how long did that last for? How long were, did you feel in this kind of like weird state of flux where you knew that you needed to stay on your diet, you, need, you knew that you needed to continue to train, but it was just like very, very, very hard to get yourself to want to do those things with the same motivation that you had before, during prep. Oh yeah. So basically when I ended my season, the emotions that arise, the most prevalent one was anger. Um, And that anger really halted me from continuing to do anything in the realm of bodybuilding. It was hard for me to stay on track with my macros. It was hard for me to get in the gym and consistently show up because I just like had this voice in my head that was like, you were in prep for a year, like you deserve to, um, you know, not track, you deserve to not think about numbers, you deserve to take a break from the gym, which yes, it's, that's prevalent to an extent, but that's what I was lacking. I was lacking that moderation. I was lacking that balance. Um, So I think, you know, getting off stage the week before Halloween, probably until Christmas is when I was like, down, down bad. Um, and I really didn't know what to do about it because it was just like all these emotions like arising. So it was during those two months, it was me kind of just like sorting through everything. And it was me basically seeing these emotions like for the first time instead of kind of like sweeping them under the rug. And uh, so I guess like those two months were basically like awareness months for me. 
Um, but also like no action was taken because it was just such an overwhelming feeling that I was just like straight isolation mode. Um, it wasn't until I left home for Christmas for a week where I was like, oh, like, it feels good to be around my family. Like I'm a very big family girl. Like, um, so uh, going home and like seeing my cousins, seeing my family, seeing my sisters, my parents, like that was everything I needed that I didn't know. Um, and around that time, I was like, okay, like enough of this isolation stuff, like go out there again. Like, you know, that, that those past two months, like that, that's not you like get out there again. Like, I feel like you're ready, like go out into the world and like start, um, you know, getting back on track with your goals again, but just like trying to find this balance that I was like trying to grasp so hard. Um, but I think all of January, it was like, I went from straight isolation to saying yes to literally everything I can think of because so again, like missing that in between. So I was just like, well, I said no for literally an entire year because I was in prep. Now I'm going to say yes to everything and just like going out and like hop. I was hopping on a plane like every single weekend. And I was just like, yeah, 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 I'll do this. I'll do this. And then I'm like, sis, <laughs> like everything cr came crashing down on me. I think it was like the second week of February when I was like, you need to chill. Like, and then it, it was again, that voice in my head saying like, you deserve it. You deserve it. You've been in prep for a year. Like go have fun. Like go be you go out, like, you know, mingle, shake that ass. But I was just like, I need to find that balance again. So um, yeah, February was a, a whole month of just that action that I was looking for that. Um, Filling that the void. Yeah, that finding that that happy medium, that balance of, um, you know, saying yes, but also respecting my boundaries enough um, to, you know, learn how to say no. Like no is the most powerful word in the dictionary um, that I got taught like at a very young age um, by my dad. So, you know, just reminding myself that it's okay to say no sometimes and just like honoring, you know, my boundaries. Um, and then I don't, it wasn't until three weeks ago where I just had a complete mindset shift. So I think from before Halloween to about the beginning of March was a long journey that I'm finally coming out of and, you know, seeing that light again. <laughs> and what do you think it was about, you know, specifically three weeks ago that okay. allowed you to get to the point now where you are feeling more like Liana? Like was, was there anything specifically that you were doing like, like practicing, like we've talked about like meditation, like breath work and things that just allow you to focus on you and allow you to kind of like recenter yourself? Um, was there anything specifically that you did with like work or just like a realization that you had that allowed you to get that point of just being like very, okay, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to like get back on my shit again. Um, everyone goes through ruts, but it's like, in my experience, it's rare to have like an acute moment where you're like, this is whenever I broke out of my rut. You know, it's usually a very gradual process. And one day you wake up, you're like, oh shit, I feel a little bit more normal again, you know? So yeah. was, was there anything that you did specifically? Um, well, I think my biggest thing was 
finally going to talk to a professional about everything I was going through. Um, that was a big one for me. And, you know, talking to her probably like every other week, um, just like sorting through stuff from like a non-biased, you know, outlook, because I do have like close friends that I'm able to open up with and be vulnerable with. And I just, I thank them every day because I, I'm here, I'm where I am today because of their, you know, tough love and just like amazing advice, advice like throughout the months. But I think talking to a professional and to like that inconsistency I was talking about, that inconsistency led me to, um, you know, I've always had like low back pain. I mean, you know that first and foremost. Um, but that inconsistency, not going to the gym just exacerbated those symptoms. Um, and I think too, it's crazy because um, I see a massage therapist also. And I remember in January when she was working on me, she was just like, I was like, I can't even walk, let alone pose. Like my season, my career is over. So that just like put me deeper into a rut. And um, she was like, sis, it's, it's what you're experiencing right now is heavily correlated with your mindset. And at the time I didn't, you know, I, I took what she said, like with a grain of salt. And I was like, I don't know how much of that is true. Um, I know my inconsistency of not going to, to the gym, like that makes sense to me. But it wasn't until you know, I, I saw my, so I also see a chiropractor frequently and, um, he was able to adjust my back just right where I felt that pop. I felt that release. And in that moment, like I felt now I feel like I'm living in an entirely different body, like in the best way, like you don't realize how debilitating injury is um, especially to your emotional and mental state until, you know, you're all of a sudden better. And it was crazy because I remember he adjusted me. I was like laying flat on, he was like, okay, now like lay on your back, like flat on his table. And tears were brought to my eyes, like in the best way, like happy tears, because I was finally able to just like lay flat, like without any pain. And I just, my mindset just like, I don't know. It went from just foggy to just I this straight clarity. Like I was able to just like think straight again, like think clearly and my mood in turn like elevated. So I know that you're like, yeah, it's like a gradual process. But like for me, I can pinpoint that exact time because it was the timing that my chiropractor adjusted my back. And then from there, I was able to kind of just like, yeah evolve like mentally from there so it was incredible <laughs> yeah it, it's crazy how the physical can affect the the mental and vice versa too you said your massage therapist is like hey like you're feeling like this because where your headspace is like your headspace is affecting how you're physically feeling and then on the other end of that like you get adjusted physically you feel better and then all of a sudden like that cloud starts to go away mentally and you start to just have an improved outlook on life and then Something that simple can actually put you into a better headspace. It can actually like pull you out of a rut, which it again, it seems like almost so inconsequential. Like it's just such a small thing, but 
also whenever you're struggling, like small things become big things, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's something I don't think a lot of people really put as much stock into, um, you know, relative problems are still problems, even though like your problem might seem small to someone else, or your solution might seem small to someone else. It's like, in the moment, they all feel very big, everything feels like a huge problem or a huge solution. So no, obviously, that's been great. And I like even just talking to you and communicating with you, like I've been able to see that in the past few weeks that you just are in such a better place. And it's really, really good to see you like that. Um, because obviously, I prefer that Liana, you know. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, before we started this recording, um, we talked a little bit about, about like what the future holds in terms of like season two for Liana competing. Um, but I don't really want to talk about season two. I mostly want to talk about like you figuring out how you were ready or when you knew that you were ready to even begin thinking about your next season of competing. And like before you were saying, Hey, like, I don't even know if I'm ever going to compete again because this back pain is so debilitating. Like, am I ever going to be able to do what I love? And before we were talking, we're actually kind of planning, all right, what does the next prep look like? When are we starting this next prep? And you're in that space now where you can even think and talk about those things. So that's clearly a big issue, right? Is understanding when you're even ready to start thinking about competing, start thinking about prep. So like you compete, you're a bodybuilder, you're an athlete, but you also coach a lot of competitors as well. Like that's, that's your active job. So removing your competitor hat for a second, putting on your coach one, whenever you're talking to your own athletes, your own clients, what are a few things that you really like look for before you are clear and confident that someone is mentally and psychologically in a good place to begin a prep and begin thinking about jumping into a bodybuilding show? I think a big one is I'm, I'm a very good reader of people. Like, even though I'm not talking to you, if I'm not talking, even though I'm not talking to you or I'm not like in the same vicinity of you, like I can very much read just like from email, like where somebody's headspace is at in terms of, especially themselves. Like there's, I mean, if, if you're a client of mine, you know that I do not tolerate negative self-talk whatsoever. That is the most degrading thing that somebody can do um or just like put onto themselves um and i can see that clearly because i i've been there um and that's why i love journaling because i actually went back and read some like some of my old journals back in like i don't know 2017 2018 and the way you used to talk to myself was disgusting i was like oh my god like i'm sitting here telling my clients like hell no like don't tolerate that shit and it's because i used to do that the same exact shit to myself so like if there's any indication of negative self-talk um or just like calling themselves names or um i don't know it's very like do you think that negative self-talk is going to be fixed when you're shredded um, you know, preparing for a bodybuilding show. No, it's just going to exacerbate those symptoms. So like, that's a big one for me, like making sure the client loves themselves, whatever stage they are in, in their journey. Like that's so important. Um, that's like a, that's a big one for me, um, in terms of just like mental state. 
Um, that that's a big one. Yeah. And so. well, I, I don't mean to cut you off on that, but like I, I wanted to add something, but with with a lot of people, I feel like wanting to compete, especially whenever they're in this world already, they're already kind of like living in this space. Maybe they hired you specifically because they've seen you competing and they love how you look. They love like your presence and they love you. And it really, it ingrains, it's like almost like infallibility within the sport where it's like, it's only like very happy. It's only very glamorized. It's only like what you see. Um, And a lot of people I found think that competing or jumping into a prep is going to alleviate their self-doubt, alleviate their self-consciousness, alleviate their body image issues, because they think that the issues that they have are a product of where they are currently physique wise. And that if they just look better and quote, quote unquote, look better, you know, for a show that all of those issues will go away, or they think that competing will pull them out of a rut. So I've had a lot of people will say, Hey, like, you know, I'm struggling here. Like I have this personal life problem here. Like I'm struggling to stick to my macros. Like I can't find consistency in the gym. I think I'm going to start a prep because that will motivate me to do those things. So what, what do you say to that line of thinking? I probably can understand or guess what you're going to say, but um, do you have that come to you a lot? And you know, what is your, your kind of first response to someone who says those types of things? Um, Yes, I've, I've had that definitely um, brought to me and it's, and that's why, like I, when somebody signs on with me or I start working with somebody, I don't, we don't jump right into a prep. Like I want you, I want to get to know one another, right? I want to build that trust, build that communication with one another. I want to see you not only prove to me, but prove to yourself that you're able to you know, be consistent, like be consistent with macros, um, you know, prepare ahead of time, not make these small excuses. Like all of those are going to roll into a prep, like the time that we're spending together before we actually initiate a competition prep cut is what I'm analyzing. And you have no idea. I'm not just analyzing numbers. I'm analyzing like how you navigate through your week. Like, something happened like not every single day is going to be sunshine and rainbows it's how you navigate through those hard those hard days you know those tons of ebbs and flows like how are you navigating through that and that's going to show me how you can show up for yourself and prep when you know uh, and a situation like that arises so um yeah i'm just i i make sure i'm i'm analyzing that before actually initiating a competition prep cut with somebody, because it's like, you're only, there's so many other goals that we can work on with one another. Um, the stage is just like the icing on the cake, right? It's not the end all be all goal. Like we have all these little ones let's tackle first, um, you know, just strengthening that mental state with uh, one another and just like how to navigate through because like you said, it's not, it's not all the happiness 24 seven. So it's how you navigate through the harder days um, is what I'm looking for in terms of just effort. Effort is a big one for me. If I see that you're putting forth that effort, I'm just like, okay, like at least she tried. Let me give my two cents. Let me give some advice. Let me get suggestions on what, what I would have done. But the fact that you took that initiative and you, you know, formulated or, 
you know, put forth that effort, that's what means the most to me instead of like, oh, well, this happened. So I just completely threw it out the window. And I'm like, where's the effort, man? Come on, show me. Don't don't just show me. Show yourself, like prove it to yourself first. Like, yeah. And and I think like a good example of that or a good word for that, too, would be like resiliency, too. And um, I, I like added on me. <laughs> <laughs> People just listening won't be able to see that, but Liana has a tattoo. That. Um, but no, and, and I really, really like what you said about being able to navigate like roadblocks or barriers or things that pop up that are unexpected that kind of throw a wrench into your plans. Um, you really can see this whenever people freak the fuck out over something unplanned happening during their day. And it sends them into this negative spiral. And you're like, okay, you're clearly hanging on by a thread here. Me putting you into a prep is probably not going to help that headspace. But whenever you have someone who's like, oh yeah, like, you know, my gym was closed this day. And like, I just had this thing pop up during, you know, my work day that I had to, to jump out for. So I didn't have time to eat lunch. And, you know, maybe I had to go out to dinner with my friends and family and I kind of ate off track. But if they're like very you know, nonchalant about it, they're clearly like, you know, next day I jumped back into my plan. I got right back on track. Wasn't a big day. Didn't, you know, didn't freak out about the scale. Like those, like that mindset and people that can navigate that way are going to be so much more successful during prep and, and after a prep. Um, because that's also super important because during prep, you can, you can really do your best to control for the unexpected as much as possible. You can kind of like put yourself in a bubble and say, I'm just going to, you know, go to work. I'm just going to come home. I'm going to go to the gym. That's really all I'm going to do for the next 12 weeks. And so some people kind of do that and they can insulate themselves. Um, but then whenever shit inevitably starts to happen, they don't know how to navigate those things because they have always been holding on by a thread. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's for me, just one of those things that, that I really try to pay attention to with a lot of my clients and sounds very much like you're paying attention to like the qualitative feedback that you're getting as well. Um, rather than just looking at the numbers, just looking at the scale, just looking at like, are you hitting your macros? Because mm -hmm. that probably tells less than like half of the, the total story. Right. For sure. So getting back onto like the Liana train here, um, I am very curious to kind of hear your take on a few things just in terms of like stress management and like staying a little bit grounded whenever you have a lot going on around you, because like you're someone who's kind of, I don't want to say like a public figure that sounds a little bit extreme, but like you definitely have attention on you, right? Like the the position that you're in, you have a lot of people who look look up to you as well. And that is, that's a pressured position to be in a lot of times. Um, so like, how do you actually stay grounded? Like, how do you not allow both like the crazy amount of love and compliments that you get from people who adore you, but also people who kind of like to talk shit people who are trolls people who inevitably will say things that are hurtful just because they're dickheads like how do you find that middle ground and how do you stay there um and like what kind of strategies do you tend to use or have you been using more recently to allow you to do that so basically like trying to figure out ways to like mediate like stress in my life yeah 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 um so yeah, grounding is a big one for me. That was that was something that I knew I needed to work on. I was I was never good at it. Yeah. Um 
a big like living in the presence type thing just mm-hmm. like making sure you're grounded and um that's something that I've been working on so a few things that I guess kind of help me there I think organization um like first and foremost is like key in terms of not getting very overwhelmed with everything that you know is on my plate um so just like making sure I stay organized and like structured in that sense but also not like filling my day with like a million things I have to do whether that's creating content for one sponsor and then taking pictures for another but like have to go to the gym, have to go grocery shopping. Oh, I have to do this for my accountant, but I also need to like, just like little things. And it's like, oh, well, if I can't do, don't pack your day because that in turn is just going to be overwhelming looking at your calendar and being like, shit, I got a lot of shit to do today. But um, just like saying organized in that sense has like very, very much helped me. Um, being in a routine again has helped me as well um just because like I said like I've been I like fell off like the tracking game I fell off the training game and two like I moved four times last year like I was forever bouncing from you know Boulder to Denver Airbnb to like my friend's basement and then finally to Arizona and it's just like it was very hard for me to find that structure um, and to just like, I didn't feel grounded because I didn't have a quote unquote home or because like your home is like your safe space, right? You come, come, come back to your house, like after a long day. And it's just like, ah, oh, it's my safe space to just kind of like unwind and relax. Like I didn't have that for months at a time. So trying to find my footing, trying to ground myself was very hard for me. So like, what could I do during those times? Um, A big one was like creating like a nighttime routine for myself. And I don't want you to get confused with routine and also distracting yourself. Like I'm still very much like in the moment of like what's going on around me, but um, that a nighttime routine helps me kind of unwind at the end of the day and just um because I wasn't taking care of myself so like that allowed me to take care of myself and it could be something as simple as washing your face you know drawing a bath like the fact that I live in Arizona now I'm hyped because I finally have a bathtub that I could soak in like I didn't have that for years so um that was a big one for me that was like something like exciting like a little treat um but yeah just uh creating uh, that schedule, even though you didn't have like a home base that felt like was yours, um, was very important to me um, to just kind of find structure and the instability. Um, Yeah. Well, there are a couple of things that you said that I agree with wholeheartedly. So the first one is having structure in your life, but allowing flexibility to be worked into that structure. Because Structure is great, but too much structure is an additional stressor. Mm-hmm. And like, that's something that I've really, really struggled with because like, I'm personally someone who has always just kind of lived in chaos. Like that, I thought that I like did well in chaos until I implemented structure into my life. And I realized, oh no, no, I was not doing well with chaos. I was just surviving in chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the other end of that, like you can be too structured. And then whenever you're too structured, it creates additional stress whenever you deviate a little bit from that structure. So 
you mentioned, you know, the, even with your schedule, with your with your um, your calendar, you know, not overloading too many things into your day to the point where you're trying to kind of like supplement that and you're trying to supplement your day with more things and like being very productive, but you end up almost like overcorrecting there and making it additionally stressful. And then same thing with like your routine. It's like you want to have some kind of routine, some nighttime thing to like ground you but also not make it so rigid to the point where like, if you don't do that thing one day, you're not going to like be stressed about it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that's something I think is really important, but even just like the, the self-love part, the self-care part, like that is so fucking important. And that's something that like, you know, personally, I've really struggled with over the years is like, whenever I am struggling, whenever I am stressing, allowing myself to still show myself those like small instances of like, Hey, like you're good. Like I, we still care about each other. Like me to me, right? Like I still care about me. Um, even if it's something very simple, like a nighttime routine, just showing yourself that love, drawing a bath, you know, taking care of yourself. Like that's so again, seemingly small, but it creates such a large impact in how you see yourself, but also like how you, you see the world. Um, and for me, like one of those big things has always been just like reminding myself to breathe. So whether that's like, first thing in the morning, just like 10 minutes of just close my close eyes meditating, or whether that's like midday, where I feel very stressed, and I just close all of my shit, I turn off the lights, and I just like, breathe for like five minutes. Again, for people who have maybe not done those types of things consistently, it, it kind of sounds silly, right? Um, but you don't realize like how much that can actually like improve how you're, you're feeling during the day, especially whenever you're very stressed. Um, so yeah, I just kind of wanted to add that because I think it's important that everyone has their thing, like their thing that keeps them grounded, their thing that like reminds them that they love themselves because it's really easy to like, especially whenever you're struggling and in a rut to get really, really down on yourself and feel like you have to almost earn that self-love rather than no, like that's how you, you jumpstart this thing is by giving yourself that love that you need rather than being like, oh, I have to earn the right to do these things. I have to go to the gym if I want to show myself love during like, you know, to draw a bath, right? It's not mm -hmm. how it works. Most people get that shit backwards. I think that's why it's really, really challenging for a lot of people to pull themselves out of difficult times. Um, but no, I didn't mean to jump off on that tangent. But I, like I said, I just wanted to like reiterate what you were saying, um, because I think it's really important that people understand exactly what you are saying. Yeah, dude, breath work is many people don't know, like the only thing you need is your breath like especially during like trying times um and honestly the past two months what i've been doing is i have an app on my phone that does guided meditations at night so in the past what i've liked doing is i'm one that cannot sleep in silence like i need white noise so i've always slept with like a white noise app whether that's listening to the sound of the rain or crashing waves and ocean whatever but i've never tried guided meditation and i was like let me try this out I'm hooked. I've been doing it for the past two months. And that is a non-negotiable for me um, at the end of the night. Like that is the one thing that brings me so much calmness um, just from all the turmoil. Um, so it just brings a lot of calmness, especially at the end of the day, as we're trying to unwind, trying to go to sleep um, because sleep is, sleep is huge. Right. So just, um, and these guided meditations are like, what, 30 minutes? I never make it to the end, ever. I'm always passing out and I'm waking up and I'm like, holy shit, like that was amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they really 
have you focus on that breath and like even during the day too when you're just like going through it just like being able to kind of like take a step back and being just like closing your eyes and just like feeling the air just like fill your chest and it's it's definitely uh therapeutic for sure also these stress balls that i've gotten from amazon <gasps> look at you i Hello. always i'm always playing with this stupid fucking thing it's like pick. Yeah. I didn't know that I needed these stress balls in my life. And now I just, whenever I'm like doing check-ins, I'm just yep. like, it's great. It. And, <laughs> and it, I kind of just want to stick on the breathwork thing here for yeah. just a second. Um, for me, like I'm someone who's very like empirical. Like I, I need evidence to basically back up anything. And it's been somewhat detrimental because there are a lot of things I immediately write off because there's not like enough empirical evidence to back it up. Right. And a lot of like the breathwork stuff for a long time, I was like, dude, give me a fucking break. Like it's not, it's not going to help. Right. Um, and then I had a, a couple of instances that really reminded me like how little control I have over my thoughts at any given moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, like that's a hundred percent a source of a ton of stress for me is the fact that I can't just slow my brain down. I can't slow my thoughts down. So I started doing these like guided meditations in the morning and there are 10 minutes and I realized like I could not make it through 10 minutes. Like I was so fidgety and antsy. Like I could not just lay there and breathe for 10 minutes. And that was a big wake up call because I was like, holy shit, like that's not normal. Like it's not normal for people to be like that anxious. So I finally got to the point where like I could lay there and get the whole 10 minutes and breathe. And then like the next thing was, all right, I just want to be able to focus only on my breath for the 10 minutes and not just have like these crazy wandering thoughts. And that's so fucking hard. Like, it's so hard to mm -hmm. rein in your monkey mind. And, you know, I like it wasn't even necessarily like the, the therapeutic benefits that I got from like 10 minutes of breath work. It was just the realization as to like how fucked up my head was at any given moment and how distracted I was and mm -hmm. how many things like I had uncontrollably going on at the same time. And I was like, no wonder I'm fucking stressed, man. Like, no wonder I, I can't sleep. No wonder, like, I am always distracted and can't get anything done because my brain is, like, pinging all over the place. But I found that just 10 minutes in the morning, whenever I wake up, like, just starting my day like that, it's, like, an immediate win. So that's something that I can, like, ingrain as a habit. Like, I did this today. That is already starting my day off well. Um, it's something, again, like, that self-love thing where it's just, like, showing up for yourself doing that because you know that it's good for you and you know that, like, you're going to benefit from it on the other side. But then also, it's, like, a nice way to start off my work day. Like, I can do that, like, guided meditation and go into work. And it's, like, I don't feel like I'm thinking about a million things at once. Like, I feel very streamlined. Like, I can focus on one thought at a time and I'm not just, like, pouring stress, right? And... Like that has been something that's been super helpful for me that again, you know, maybe a few years ago, I would have immediately written that off as like, like kind of, you know, bullshit or like, just like, all right, like whatever, there's no evidence for this. So like that, it's actually effective. Um, but then I tried it and I was like, you know what? I'm a fucking idiot. I should have been doing this all along. Uh, so like for you, is there anything else that like you have really been getting into lately that you feel has maybe not just helped you like that but just been something that's been good for you as just a practice like might be a little bit out there um like i know that we've talked about some some things in the past where i'm just like i Lee, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about right now but like is there anything that like interests you at the moment that allows you to kind of like get outside of yourself and just like be there um yeah i feel 
like a couple things. Um, so when I moved here, um, I had, I have a balcony right now. So I used to be the type of person that would roll out of bed and sit right here on my desk, yep. start working. Um, because if I did not start working right away, that anxiety would just build and build and build. Um, I started doing, I started waiting to jump into work when I lived in Colorado, but like, it was never like an everyday, like routine for me. So when I got here in uh, Arizona, I like made it a point to just like sit outside and like, yes, like I'm very fortunate that Arizona has nice weather year round. So I am able to do that. Um, so just like sitting out there on my balcony, whether I'm journaling, whether I'm reading, whether I'm, you know, FaceTiming my mom, maybe, um, just giving time for myself before jumping into work has really allowed me to push past like that anxiety. And it's like, dude, why are you so anxious? Like you always get shit done, but like, have some time for yourself first. Like you'll, you're, you'll get it done. Like you always do, but just chill, like have some time to wake up in the morning. Like you're not going to be thinking sharply right when you roll out of bed, like have some time to sip some coffee, you know, brush your hair. Maybe, I don't know. Just, just, just a, an example, but um, yeah, that's uh, those like, that's like my morning routine is just like, I give myself that hour before actually jumping into work. And, um, that's, that's very much helped me. Um, so yeah. So um, what, what structure do you use for journaling or do you use any structure for journaling or is it just purely like brain vomit? Like I know some people like to have specific ways that they do journal, whether it's like affirmations, whether it's like, Hey, you know, um, like, what do I want to accomplish today? Like those types of things, or is yours just purely like, I'm going to get whatever out I'm thinking about and just go. So I typically journal at night. That's yeah. when I feel the most compelled, mm -hmm. um, to write. And it's never like, it's never structured. It's kind of just like whatever's on my mind. And that's why I don't force it. Like before yeah. I used to be like, you are journaling in the morning and you are journaling right before bed. And it's like, now it's a chore. Like now I don't want to do it. So right. just like whenever I feel compelled to do it, I will. Um, and that's mainly at night. So I'll give you an example on Monday. I was journaling because Monday was spring equinox, right? So like the first day of spring and like, I'm very much into kind of like all of that. I don't even know what you would call it, Probably. but it, yeah. And it was just the, the spring equinox brought brought meaning to, you know, finding the balance between light and dark. So for my journal uh, entry, if you want to call it, like I went off with that theme and, you know, that's how I structured my journaling like that day. So mainly like I'll go off of like astrology things uh, when it comes to like journaling or maybe some, maybe something happened in my life and I'm just like, that didn't sit well with me. Why did that make me feel like this? And instead of just, you know, pushing those emotions away, it's very important to like sit with those heavy emotions. And, you know, you process that through your words, you process that through journaling. And everyone's like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to write about. I promise that once you just start writing, 
like it'll just like start coming like word vomit and like you'll start like finding things like as you're writing it's like oh that's why that triggered me or just like stuff like that but um I mainly journal at night um and that's not every single night it's just like I said when I feel compelled to or just like when we had a a full moon like you know what two three weeks ago and it was just like I feel like full moons are just like very powerful and I just like read a lot into that and just like setting forth like intentions is like kind of what the premise of these entries kind of like allude to so cool so before we completely move on and start talking about like some of your future goals I do just want to rewind back to talking about your last prep just for a second because I do think it's important that we overlay a little bit of context as to all of the shit that you had going on in your life at that time that made that prep not only so long, but so demanding and so difficult to kind of come out of as well. But you had a, a pretty big life event. Um, you mentioned moving four times in the last year and, um, you know, maybe just add a little bit of context as to what was going on during that time and, you know, how you've tried to navigate the stressors that have accompanied that. Um, yeah, so when I started prep, it was, I think it was a week before Christmas. So like I was, that's when I started going through shit, um, in terms of, you know, the breakup, you know, ending a relationship of five years was very, very taxing, but I didn't know at the time. Well, yeah, I was, I was going through it, um, up until my pro debut, um, and I thought at the time that prep was quote unquote saving me. Um, but in turn, it was just like a very nice distraction. Um, because I was like, damn, like, and it's crazy too. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember being the same exact weight for like 12 weeks, like 10 to 12 weeks. I was the same exact weight, no matter how much food we were cutting, how high my cardio was, but it was that internal stress that was making me hold on to that weight that like, I had no, I, I mean, I did have an idea, but like, I didn't know how to kind of let go. Um, so like that was, it was very hard for me to navigate just because it was so new. And then that's when I was like, okay, stop pretending that everything is okay and start opening up to people you trust. Um, to kind of just like be vulnerable with, like talk about what's going on. Stop making this big thing seem like it's so small, like in just like the context of things. So um, me being able to have close friends that I was able to kind of like open up about, I think you don't open up in the beginning just because of the like embarrassment, um, just like, I don't know, full of embarrassment, like whatever. So help. yeah. And it was just like, I want everybody to know that like I have it together. So if I open up about this, it's kind of like, damn, like she needs to work on her shit. But like, so thankful that I was able to kind of put my pride aside and just like open up to friends, close friends about the situation and just have them have them put a different perspective and outlook on stuff for me. Cause I was just going back and forth in my head, like questioning things over and over and over again, but like just having that insight and like fresh pair of eyes. And it's like, 
no, this is what's actually going on. But then you're over here like, no, this can't be what's going on because like, you're just like so blinded by love. Well, you think it's love at the time when it's really just, there's a difference between love and obsession, right? Yeah. And like, I just didn't know the two at the time, I guess. Like you don't notice because like they're putting you up on like this high pedestal, but it's like, love is not agreeing with everything that you say. Like love is like challenging. Like, and I think that's what, that's what I'm looking for. Like moving forward. It's like, you know what you're looking for now. And it's like, I want somebody to challenge me. I don't want somebody to just like agree with me, but um, being able to kind of see it from a different light, a different perspective, like helped me, you know, finally stand up for myself and, you know, uh, just like speak what was like truly on my heart, like without, because like when you stay true to yourself, I feel like that's the most empowering thing is like speaking your truth, speaking your honesty instead of um, just kind of like going with it and seeing like how it's going to turn out. It's like, no, take a stand, like speak up. Um, and that was like a very empowering moment for me is when I finally just kind of like put my foot down and I was like, no, like I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to listen to myself. and like, this is what I'm going to do. So yeah, I mean, that happened all the way up until my pro debut. Like, I think that's why my pro debut was maybe, I don't know, but like, maybe that's why I got 15th place. Like I wasn't fully in it. Like you should have saw me backstage at my pro debut. I was a mess. Like I was, I was late. Um, I like, I remember getting up to, I don't know, the guy who was at the door and I was like, hey, I'm here for like the, the pros. And he's like, dude, they're lining up right now. Like, what are you doing? Like, I had no time to pump up. I had no time to like eat anything. Like I was remember remember throwing my heels on as we were all in line. And like, my heart was going a million miles a minute. I was like, this is so chaotic. Like I was just like, not there, not there whatsoever. And I feel like after my pro debut is kind of like when I finally took a stand for myself and I like let everything go. And, um, I had a very profound release, um, right before Pittsburgh pro. And I think that's why that show is like so memorable for me is because when I was like finally able to kind of take a stand and like what I wanted, um, every like negative thing I could think of heavy thing I could think of just like released out of me. Like I remember crying in my hotel room for like an hour straight, like I couldn't stop, but it was like so therapeutic. And I was just like, felt like I was just releasing everything. And then the next day I stepped on stage and I swear I felt like an entirely new person. And I think that's the reason why I got fourth place. Like I just was stepping into my truth. Like, like this is, this is Liana, like this yeah. is you. Um, so yeah, that was, that was very profound for me, but, um, you know, I think my biggest thing was allowing myself to put pride aside to open up to the people I trusted um, in terms of just kind of like helping me navigate through what I'm because I never went through this before like I don't know what I'm looking for I don't know what's right what's wrong um, so um, just like having that advice and like support um, 
from you know my close friends like i'll i'll thank them until the day i die so yeah and i know we we talked about it earlier whenever we were talking about like using prep as a way to kind of like answer questions for you and how trying to trying to leverage prep as a distraction is not solving or fixing problems it's just pushing them down the road and your body was even fighting you during that time right like obviously you weren't planning on syncing up prep when trying to deal with a breakup like that's that's not the best way to go about it but um you know it is really easy too because bodybuilding and prep are are so kind of selfish in a lot of ways right like you really focus on you and especially if you're going through something very profound in your personal life that can be kind of kind of an escape in a lot of ways and you you can do that in a way that kind of helps you forget a lot of the other shit that you're dealing with because you're like, well, I need to wake up and do my cardio. I need to go to the gym. I need to, you know, get all my food ready. I need to get to sleep. I need to do all this and that. And it can be a distraction, but it's not solving the problem. You kind of experienced that as you were going through it, where you were just pushing it further and further and further down, but it wasn't going anywhere. It was still weighing on you. And then eventually you had to get to a point where you, you addressed it and you kind of sought that relief and that release and you were able to to move on from that and obviously like this is something that you've had to deal with like pretty repeatedly throughout the last like year or so like it never really went away away but um but you got to a point where you were like comfortable in your in your spot where you were comfortable like you know, being more independent and doing things for yourself and making decisions for yourself um and I know that there are a lot of people who have had to dissolve long-term relationships for whatever reason um and you know you were living with your ex-partner like you you guys had a life that you had built together and that's really fucking stressful and challenging to do it's it's very hard to move on from that um, but it also takes like a lot of courage to be able to admit whenever something isn't right for you and you're like i need something different like i deserve something different um so like what do you feel in that in that scenario like actually allowed you to firmly be able to move on and be like, all right, now, now I'm just going to be Liana. Like I'm going to be a new version of Liana. Do you feel like it was, um, you know, something that you, you continuously worked on? Like, let's just say as an example, like, you know, journaling, just like continuing to do that. And then eventually you just got to a point where you felt comfortable in the space, space that you were in, or do, like, you know, you mentioned friendships, being able to lean into people that you really trusted. Uh, like, was that kind of like that profound difference maker and being able to move on from something that in a lot of ways is like a life altering event, you know? Yeah. And, um, it's, it's true because, you know, we moved from Connecticut, like we drove across country and just like lived in Colorado, not knowing a single soul. So like, that was a pretty big move. And, um, I think it took, I know I'm bringing this up again, but anger, like it took me to get angry, to finally stick up for myself and angry in the sense of not just angry about like the situation and what was going on, but just angry at myself for just being so naive. So again, like that negative self-talk came up. And um, like I said, I like went back and like, that's why I like, I love journaling. You can like go back and reflect and, um, yeah, like see how far you've come, but um, experiencing what you experience in those moments. Um, like, yeah, I was angry, but um, 
that's the emotion that allowed me to finally stick up for myself. So, um, like you said, like it never went away. Like, yeah, I had that huge release right before Pittsburgh pro, but like stuff kept coming up. So it was just like, kept pushing it. I didn't know I was pushing it down in, um, like as I was going through it, it's like, I just got fourth place. Like I'm on riding this high right now. Like so motivated to keep going, um, that you forget all about those like really heavy emotions because you suppress them for so long. And it wasn't until I got out of prep that like that anger came back again. And I was like, damn, like, this is not you. And like, I knew it wasn't me. So um, I think like being aware of knowing that that's truly not who I am and like doing anything and everything in my power to, you know, uh, you know, uh, get out of, um, you know, that, that anger mindset that was uh, uh, so overwhelming. And um, for me, so I think journaling helped. Yeah. Um having prep was great. Yeah. Because it was like a routine, but I think just finally able to, again, take a stand for myself and say, I'm done with competing. You know, I'm not listening to anybody else anymore. I'm listening to myself was a very profound moment for me because you can't think of everything that's going on when your sole focus is competing. So when I finally took a step back from that, I was able to sit with those happy emotions instead of like suppressing them through bodybuilding, no matter how uncomfortable it was, like that was the challenge I needed. Like you need to sit with those heavy emotions, like in order to heal. And like, I kept suppressing them through bodybuilding. And then once it was over, I was like, okay, this is it. Like, this is going to be hard, but like, like you have to do it. Um, so just like, being able to like be still and be present and just like really sit with everything instead of kind of like being like, it wasn't a big deal. Like he was a loser anyway, like move the fuck on. And it's like, no, what you went through was pretty profound. Like you should probably sit with that and just like make it a big deal because it was a big deal. Like don't, don't um, belittle those profound emotions. And that's what I was doing. Um, so being able to, you know, take a step back from bodybuilding and like sit with all that heaviness really helped me kind of like, no, it didn't take, like it took me up until now, right? From October till March to kind of uh, uh, figure, figure it out. And there was like, just like different things that just kept popping up. And it was just like, okay, just like, figuring out how to um, navigate through them, but also to kind of just like believing in yourself. Um, and that was something that like, wasn't there for me from the get. So telling yourself that you love yourself, I think is one of the most powerful things. Like, like I feel like when you love yourself, everything is just, it starts falling into place again. So, um, but you have to believe it, right? It's yeah. not like, I love myself. No, like, why do you love yourself? Like, and it's like, oh, it's because of like, I went through all of that and now look at where I am today. And it's like, yeah, that's true to an extent. Like, see how far you've come. Like, that's so empowering. But um, I feel like uh, 
you know, just like sitting with those heavy emotions is what's kind of helped me get back to this new and improved Lee that I was just like so dying to kind of like the rebirth is cool. So I'm here for it. Yeah, it's it's uh it's fun to like be able to reinvent yourself, you know. Um, yeah. especially whenever you attach your identity um to different aspects of your life that are not necessarily encapsulating of your entire life. So a relationship is one, a profession is one, a sport is one, you know, like a lot of people attach their identity to their relationship, their partner, like they are that relationship or, you know, in bodybuilding, you are a bodybuilder, you are a competitor, um, rather than like using those things as just part of who you are, rather than the entirety of who you are. Um, yeah. Like you said, like being able to, to, you know, reinvent yourself um, on the other side of the prep, whenever you were able to sit with with everything that you were going through and really try and like process who you are, who you wanted to be, like where you want to go in the future, like, you know, what you want to do with the sport, what you want to do professionally, what you, who you want to be, like the person you want to be. Um, like that's, that's heavy shit. Like that's really heavy shit. So the fact that you were in a rut with fitness is not surprising because you were trying to do a lot of shit, like a lot of work that had nothing to do with fitness. You know, like you're trying to figure out who you were. And yeah. like, that's, that's a lot to have to go through. And it's probably not something that people can, can understand or see if they're just seeing like snapshots of your life, especially things that are just posted on social media or, you know, even, even people that look up to you that maybe even talk to you relatively frequently. Like a lot of people just don't understand what's going on in the background. And it's really, really difficult to put yourself in those shoes of someone else who is trying to do something that is honestly revolutionary in their life like that is again reinventing who you are as a person um that's that's challenging so like now now that we have this new and improved liana what are the next steps like what is the next phase that you're really excited to move into in, in your life oh man that's a pretty big question you can start by talking about bodybuilding and then you can move into some other stuff just to give yourself a little layup well, I guess, um, like in terms of bodybuilding, like, like I said, so I moved so many times last year. Um, and you know, I moved to Arizona, the sole reason, because I needed to be around uplifting energy, right? I needed to be around people. Um, and, you know, I got here soon after, and I'm like, damn, I am not a desert girl. And that's okay. That's okay. But also to like not uh, trying to live in the present moment. I feel like this theme in 2023 is just like straight presence and grounding. Like it feels good that I created this space for myself. Like this is what I needed after everything that was going through in my life. Like I can come back to like this safe space. And like that was, that meant a lot to me. So, um, you know, again, like reading back like my journal entries, it's crazy because like, I remember I was like searching for a place to call home, like over and over again. I'm just like, where is home? Like I, like nothing has felt like home yet for me. And it's crazy because I read something back and it was like, I wrote bodybuilding is home. And I was like, fuck, I love this shit. I love this shit so much. Like I love coaching it. I love like being a competitor. Like 
So when that back injury was happening, um, I was like, you need to do everything in your power to like get back up on that stage. But then I was like, dude, you can't even walk, like, let alone pose. Like, it's okay. Like if you take a, a year off to kind of like help these injuries or whatever. And, you know, we were supposed to start prep um, in March, but like my back wasn't be better in the beginning of March. So it's kind of like, okay, now that like everything is in line, now that I can actually like think with a very clear mind right now, I can envision what I want moving forward, which is something I haven't had in a very long time, just like straight fog that I'm just like trying to navigate through. So now that everything is clear, I almost feel like it's overwhelming in a sense because it's like, okay, like now you can think about it like what's next and like those are very hard questions um but I would very much like to get back on stage again this year like I said like I love this shit so much and I feel like I'm in such a better place mentally I was like okay throw away the back issue I was not going to start prep ever in my life again if I was in a mental emotional rut um like I had to be a hundred percent because I knew if I was a hundred percent, I would give a hundred percent. And like, that's what this sport is selfishly giving a hundred percent. So that was my first and foremost thing, making sure my mindset was well enough to start a prep again. So possibly, possibly starting prep next month, um, you know, because uh, the Olympia is in November this year and this year we're not chasing points anymore. You have to get first place. Um, and just like kind of taking what happened last prep and knowing what not to do, yeah. um, this prep. So like never again, will I be doing eight shows? Never again, will I be prolonging a prep that's 10 plus months, um, forever checking in on myself being like, how are you doing? Like, ask yourself, how are you doing? Like, are you like, you good? Like, you okay? Like, um, don't downplay anything. Um, and I think just, you know, learning from what happened last season and just what not to do this season um, is helping me uh, figure out kind of like a timeline for uh, this year in terms of starting prep. And then I also have to think about my leases ending here in August. So I'm like, where do I want to go? Where do I want to end up? And it's like, it's great being around my people. Like I said, it's like, my people are in Arizona and my people are in Ohio, right? So it's like, do I need to be around people? Like I'm, I feel like I've just stepped into this independence role that I feel so comfortable with right now that like, it doesn't matter if I'm miles and miles away from like my close friends. Like I don't have to be with them in person. Like my two very best friends like live in completely different states and like I'm okay I'm doing well I'm doing okay so it's like trying to figure out like where my next step is in terms of like living situation because I think the most Colorado is the place that felt like the most home for me but I had to leave there just because of you know the the memories that kind of took place but I feel like I'm just like in a much better place now where things that used to be triggering for me aren't triggering anymore and if they are I don't like sweep them under the rug I'm kind of like all right you're feeling this type of way let's walk through it together so I just feel like mentally strong enough that like I don't have to resign a lease like here in Arizona like I can go 
because weather is a huge thing for me. And I'm just like team snow, team winter. You know, I grew up in Connecticut. I grew up around season. So um, I feel like, yeah, just trying to figure that out as well. But I'll figure it out. I'm confident in that. No, and I'm confident in you too. And just from from a, a biased perspective that I have, uh, it's been really fun to like watch you grow up and kind of like grow into who you are now because we've known each other for what four 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 years four or five years something like that now um and you know whenever we first met we were both very different people in very different circumstances and what we are now um you know and I think we can both probably resoundingly say that it's for the better on both Mm -hmm. ends like we've both improved our lives dramatically in the past four to five years um so yeah I mean I love the fact that like I'm able to be a part of of your journey and it's been incredibly fun and and privileged to be able to to help you along and help you turn pro and help you continue to roll through uh through like your IFBB career and hopefully like we can continue to do it for a really long time and get on the Olympia stage and fucking win the Olympia one day that would be amazing so but yeah Lee I love the fact that you did this with me I really appreciate it um before we go do you want to plug yourself, plug your services, let people know where they can find you? Shameless plug. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I'm mainly on Instagram, which is just Liana Gianna underscore IFBB Pro. I'm trying to work my way into the TikTok world as well, um, which is fun. Like I, I get to be like a little creative there, which is uh, exciting. So that's just Liana Gianna on uh, TikTok, but I have a YouTube. I just, I need to get back into that. But like I said, I think that your mindset like helps you be creative in terms of like the content world. Like when I was going through that shit, like I didn't want to post anything, but like now that I'm like in a much better, you know, mindset, like that creativity just like shines and I like, can't wait to get back to like content creating, but mainly just Instagram and TikTok for right now. Oh, and then, um, I don't know if you want to email me for coaching services. It's just my first name, Liana at bearesthetics.com. Beautiful. I was going to plug that last one for you if you forgot it. So I'm glad that you remembered, but no, that's all I wanted to touch on today. Lee, I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to do this again at some point. Yeah. That was so fun. I appreciate you asking me to do this and just like so chill and it was a good time. So I appreciate it course. All right, girl. We will talk later. Thank you for everyone who is listening. And yeah, bye, Lee. Bye.